Welcome back to Brisky Business. I'm really enjoying this conversation with Alex Tice, and this uh, segment is Brisk Bulls and Bears. So we kind of pivot a little bit to the public markets, and uh, we're going to bring Alex back onto the program and talk to Alex uh, about uh, maybe about his investment strategy a little bit here. Alex, I don't mean to dig into your personal finances here, but everybody has a strategy for investment and, and, and uh, a way they do it. So tell me about uh, the type of companies that you invest or, or do you invest? Are you in the public markets? I am. Uh, I read a book by Tony Robbins, which you can take or leave Tony Robbins. There's there's good and bad with everybody, but he wrote a financial book. Uh, the name is escaping me right now, but one of the things he talked about in there was he really simplified how to invest. And he said two things. He said, invest in companies you believe in and use and invest in index funds. So I had to find out what an index fund was, but that's basically where I went Everybody is looking for a stock tip. Everybody thinks, not everybody, but a lot of people who aren't in the stock in the stock market, maybe they're in 401k or whatever, but it's just kind of like, I don't understand it, so I stay away from it. And it's really not that complicated. And the more you get into it, the more you're going to learn about it, the more you're going to like it and be really smart about it. Because I've never gotten a stock tip that paid off. The best advice I got was invest in companies you believe in. So for me, it was Walmart. It was Amazon. It was a, a coffee company that I won't name. It was, you know, some things that, that I was using or believed in or I liked their management. And that worked really well for me because it was steady growth. Specifically, uh, Amazon, I think everybody kind of knows where their shares are at is up in the 2000 range. I actually bought them at 300. And that wasn't on a tip or anything. It was just like I liked where they were going. I liked what they're up to. I like how they use data analytics. So, and then index funds, one of the great things about an index fund is you get to invest in a sector or sectors and literally hundreds of companies. So if you do feel like, wow, technology is going to grow, I want to invest in, in, in technology stocks or right now healthcare stocks, then you can invest in like a hundred different in one fund. So that's where I stick. Um, and I don't even believe in the set it and forget it. I think you should watch it and see what companies you can. I'm a huge believer in Southwest Airlines, and they've obviously taken a huge hit. So I am watching that. And I did reduce, but I'm staying with them because they're a smart company, and they've come out of every financial challenge as the strongest airline. They, they always have the, they may have, have the highest revenue with the biggest airline, but they've always come out the strongest when it comes to adversity. And when somebody does that, um, it's kind of like, a winning football team. They just find ways to win. If you invest in companies you believe in or areas you believe in, sectors you believe in, I don't think you can go wrong. Yeah, I think that's actually great advice. And I actually, I love the Southwest Airline uh, analogy. And in fact, I'm going to write that one down in my mental brain right here because, you know, I, I've spent a fair amount of time in Dallas as well and watched how that company operates. And uh, I definitely jumped out of uh, those sectors, you know, that I was worried about the restaurant business, knowing the airline business. But the question now is which ones are going to come back and when. And, and Southwest seems to have that in their DNA uh, to be able to survive. So I think that's a that's an interesting one. You know, one of the things we're going to see, and we talked about it in an earlier segment, is at the end of the day, no matter where your head is on investment strategy, loving Amazon, their sales strategy is so awesome. At, at, you know, that's what really drives these businesses to have their stocks take these highs, and you know, we can get this wonderful return on investment. And one of the areas that you are so strong in, we talked about retention, but the other area is sales skills. Uh, I see in the direct selling space, 
distributors, new people to side hustle people within Longevity, for example, the distributor base. I see them always trying to get some time from you to talk about improving sales skills. And I'd like you to talk about that and then how to build a winning sales team. So just the sales skills first, and then can you build a sales team and how do you do it? So for sales skills, it started with me. I was definitely not a natural when it came to sales. I was definitely afraid of it. Didn't want to pick up the phone. I was the person that if I had to make sales calls, I just prayed that the person on the other end of the line wouldn't answer and I'd get the voicemail. And then you'd get, you'd get a hold of somebody and you'd be you know, definitely afraid. I think the worst part when you're afraid of sales and you have to do them or you're trying to do them is when you actually get a sale because you're in complete and utter shock. So none of that is good. It doesn't feel good. And I wanted to change that. So I wanted to be the type of salesperson and learn sales skills that I could teach to. It felt like I was given the key to a door that most people don't get to look into. And that is, I think, nine out of ten people would tell you they hate sales. Not, eh, that could take or leave. They just hate it. It's probably more. I don't want everyone to do sales. But the reality is we all sell every day. From the time we're children at the supermarket and selling your parents on the why you need something to you and your teenagers telling them why you need a car. We are constantly selling things that we want or believe in. And those were two keys for me. I'm never going to sell anything I don't want to sell or I don't believe in. That's first. And second, I took on this mantra for sales. Simply leave everybody better than you found them. And it, it, maybe it sounds pie in the sky, but it's, it's really what I live in the sales world. Is just leave people better than you found them, which doesn't mean sell them. That means add value to them, leave them better than you found them, and those sales will come around. Sometimes that is a sale, is leaving somebody better than you found them. But most of the time, it's just being a great human and making a great connection, and people will remember that. And the third piece for me that was really important to get good at when it came to sales wasn't a pitch, wasn't a script, wasn't even the close. Because when you qualify people right and well, you don't have to close. They will close themselves and close higher than you even expected. So that was the third thing. I became really good at qualifying people, especially learning when there was not a sale available. And this is a mistake I, I see in the direct sales. People chase, 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 chase. And oftentimes they get somebody to buy just out of like, hey, if I buy, will you leave me alone? That's the worst type of sale. I want somebody who buys, has a great experience, and comes back and says, I want more. I want more of what you have. I want to do what you do. So for me, it was learning when a sale is not available and then leaving people better than you found them when you knew a sale wasn't available. Because side note, when the sale is available, you better kick that door down. <laughs> Don't be shocked. Make it happen. So building a team, I followed, as you know, they'll all tell you this, everyone on the sales team, this is part of our culture and their mantra too is number one, leave people better than you found them. And I think you've heard this on sale, some of their sales calls. One of the proudest moments of my life is hearing somebody make a call and saying, you know, I'm really sorry you're going through that, Mr. So-and-so. I'm really sorry you're going through that, Dave. And what I'm going to do is follow up with you. You, you have some job interviews coming up. I'm going to follow up with you in 30 days. And then hearing that follow-up call and they say, hey, Dave, did you get the job? Oh, I'm so happy for you. They didn't even try to sell them. Hey, we're here from you when you're ready. I'm so glad you got that job. And the person calls back two days later. And just They're just in shock. And that leaving people better than you found them lets everyone, gives everyone a fair shot. And so the second thing I teach people when I'm building a team is 
how to qualify, how to recognize when there's no sale. I don't look for super talented salespeople. I just look for people who love to win or hate to lose, right? Because I want that, that hunger that they have. I can't teach hunger. I can teach you how to qualify. I can teach you sales skills. I can teach you how to up, up an order, the average order size. But I can't teach you how to leave people better than you found them. That has to be something you're natural at. So that's the first thing we look at. And then we look for hungry, motivated people. So when you combine those two factors, Dave, hungry, motivated people who treat people well, uh, the proof is it's been really, really magical. I'd love to tell you there's like 10 things I go through when I interview people, but my interviews on for salespeople are actually really short. I want to get a read on you. I ask you a couple crazy questions to see how you react. And then I want to know, is it is it in your DNA? Do you just, you treat people well? If you treat people well, you're putty in my hands and we can we can make magic happen. I, I, uh, and I've seen you do that, and I've heard the sales team use those words, and, uh, and you live that uh, not only uh, you know, in, in the selling process, I think you just live that, and it become part of your culture. I mean, even before this program, you, you texted me some advice about certain things on the program, how to make it better. It was awesome. You know, that advice means a lot to people. You know, it just comes out there. It, was, it wasn't criticism, it was, this is my observation, and I think if you do A, B, and C, you're going to be even better. And I think when people realize you're looking out for their best interest and you really care about them more than you care about the sale, that's when it's not selling anymore. And that's when we see the success. The magic that I have seen throughout my career, the most successful people are not in sales, are not the ones you might think that they would be, right? Those, right. Uh, those ones that are slamming it all the time, close, 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 and don't care about people, those people are death of a salesman. They're gone. You know, it's like the old book, the old adage, uh, you know, the used car salesman type of person. Uh, that has gone the wayside. Boy, professional selling career, professional salespeople, it's just about, you know, being nice, you know, caring, genuinely caring, and know and love your product. And I think you hit on all of those pieces. And uh, um, you're one of the best salespeople I know. And those people that meet you, and you, you know how I feel about you, they can't believe that you're great at it. It's not necessarily the, quote, um, stereotype of the personality. So talk about that in the one minute we have less for this segment. You know, it's uh, I've kind of run into that my whole life, uh, whether it's playing hockey or I, I just I don't do things in a typical way. Um, it's just I think life is a lot has a lot more to offer than that. You know, you're doing things a little weird, a little different, having fun, being yourself, which is what I want all of my salespeople, everybody I work with. Anybody can do sales. Anybody can. So it doesn't matter what you look like, what your background is, how much you failed. Like if you're just willing to treat people well and learn some of the key skills, and you mentioned it, David, focus on a product you really, really believe in. You know, part of that too is like that email I sent you. I believe in giving away the goods. If I have the knowledge or expertise or I see something, it's not a competition. Like oh, the, the rising tide floats all boats. And that was from my podcast mentors who helped me start a podcast that competes with their podcast. And now I'm indebted to help other people. So our, my sales team does the same thing. They help each other rise up. And so for, for that, um, I think anybody can sell. It, it may sound cliche, but there is no stereotype. If you are hungry and you want to treat people well and you have a product you believe in, 
you can be limitless when it comes to sales. I, if I could do it, anybody can. <laughs> there you go. I have had such a blast talking with uh, Alex Tice. I want to bring him right back onto the program right away. Alex, it has really been fun, these three segments, and I know this segment means a lot to you, the fourth segment, Brisk, Best, and Brightest, really about that mentorship. The whole program touches on mentorship, but this one, we really focus on it. And uh, one of the things I know once in a while, you like to maybe tip back a pint, and you even make your own beer. And we were sharing a beer one afternoon, and you told me about a very early mentor that had a huge impact on your life. So I was wondering if you might be able to share, uh, you know, that beginning mentorship that influenced your life. Yeah, Dave, this has been uh, fun. I'm, I'm excited about this final segment here because mentorship throughout my life has just meant so much to me. Uh, throughout your life, I mean, you need to work with people. You, you need to find people who see something in you you don't see in yourself. And I believe it's not a coincidence that God put me in situations with great people where I could ask why things worked the way they did, who took the time to explain things to me, encouraged me to question processes, encouraged me to question their skills, why things were taking place. And you may not even know this, Dave, you were one of those people when, when we met six, six years ago, or maybe over six years ago, around six years ago, I was at maybe the lowest point of my adult life. And I had built retention teams. We were, we were talking about doing something great, which we ended up building something amazing, even beyond my expectations. But at the time, man, I had done it. I had experience. My confidence was at the lowest point maybe in my life. And you saw something that I didn't see. I knew it was there. I knew I could do it. But I just was at a really rough point. We all need those people in our life that see the potential in us and see greatness in us, those seeds of greatness before we even see them. Very early in my life, I had a mentor who pulled me aside and was able to help me with, with a lot of different things, help me see the light, help me get a, be a little more mature. Don't laugh. I have times of maturity. <laughs> but this particular gentleman told me something about education. He said, you know, in sales, we say ABC, always be closing. His thing was always be learning. You're never at the summit. You're never as great as you're ever going to be. You always need to keep learning. He said, you need to get mentored all the time. And my thought was, how can I be in your office 24-7? He said, no, no. Videos, books, whatever it is, podcasts. And that's how I got into you know, listening to podcasts is you can get mentored from afar from people you'll never meet. So mentorship has meant so much to me through these mediums that if you just spend 20 to 30 minutes a day, it's like compound interest, 20 minutes a day in a great mentorship book on any subject, leadership, sales, watching risky business, that's going to pay dividends. And the, the second piece of this that I want to stress to everybody, everybody, we all have an obligation to mentor someone else. Anyone can encourage anyone. You have skills and experience and expertise that you may not even realize, and you are obligated to share that with somebody because it'll matter so much to them. And take a minute to see something in somebody else that they may not see in themselves. And you might even like save somebody's life by doing that. I mean, they could turn their life around. Great things will happen when we see potential in others. That's super powerful. I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, uh, I'm glad I was able to have an impact at a tough time in your life. I, I didn't know that. But uh, you've uh, 
it, it's come back a hundredfold for me, so that's a big win. Uh, one of the things I want you to touch on, if you wouldn't mind, I mean, you know what's going on out there, right? I mean, you can't get away from uh, this kind of new normal, the COVID-19 normal, and there's all these kids that are coming out of school now or, or, or in jobs and then they've lost these jobs. What kind of advice can you give to these, these, uh, these folks in this situation right now? Well, first, I want to talk to parents out there and give a little bit of unsolicited advice. And just one of the best things I've ever done for my children was tell them that if they like the class, if they're into the subject, I need an A. If they don't like the subject, I just need a C. Just do the bare minimum because that's how the world works. Nobody focuses on things they hate unless it's just you know part of their job. But where people really succeed is to focus on their passions and what they're good at and what they love to do. Every great entrepreneur, salesperson, business person spends the majority of their time focusing on what they are great at. So by doing that, I have a daughter who's 16. She just finished the year with straight A's. There's zero pressure. She just is able to do what she wants to do. So with that, that's one of the best things I think I've ever done for my kids. So for if you're coming out of college, whether you've got a, someone in that age range, which is very stressful as a parent, have somebody who's 18 and considering what they want to do with their life, or you're in that situation yourself, or maybe you're out of college, you know, like it wasn't what it cracked up to be, and I'm not really sure what I want to do with my life. It's very normal. I don't think a lot of us figure out what we want to do until we're in our 30s. So what I've encouraged my kids to do and young people, my, the, sales, the people in my sales team are all young people in their 20s for the most part. Get experience. Do different things. Put yourself in a situation where you're going to meet people because people are the key to opportunity. Making great connections are the keys to, is the huge key to opportunity. And then take the pressure off because open your mind. There's, there's different ways to do things. And if going to, straight from high school to college and living in college, if that works for you, it's great. But the, the reality is it doesn't work for most people and they struggle in their early career to find things. Get some experience. Go make money outside of a job. Start your own business. You don't have to start a brick and mortar business. Start a direct sales business. Start any kind of small business where you have to fend for yourself and make money because it builds huge confidence, gives you great experience, and helps you meet people. I just want to encourage, whether they're a parent or in that situation, Dave, that there is no one way. We've been conditioned to go to school, go to college, get a good job, wait till you're 65 or 70 in order to start doing fun things in your life. I think that's a lie. I think we've been conditioned into a lie. So when it, you don't have to go around unemployed for 30 years either. <laughs> but get some different experience. Put yourself in different situations to get different experience and make money different ways. And try to, especially in your 20s, do some things that you love because you're going to meet people that you know, might make lifelong partnerships and, and create opportunities down the road. Yeah, that's really powerful um, stuff and really excellent advice, Alex. And I'm glad you reached out to the parents as well, uh, because I think sometimes we try to box people into some certain path. And you never know where that success and that passion is going to come from. And I think it's uh, so interesting. Uh, first of all, you have an amazing family. But I want to speak about your two sons, Patrick and Travis, right now. Uh, you know, they ended up embarking in a military career. And I don't think that was ever part of the, quote, plan. But the, your plan was for them 
to be happy and to follow their dreams and their passion. So they were able to go down that road. And first of all, I want to thank them both. You know my heart for, for our military and service people. And, and uh, so my hat's off to Patrick and Travis. You must be super proud. But, uh, you know, how was that experience as a parent, hearing those types of things uh, from, from your sons? Uh, two different ways, I know. But talk about that for a little bit. One of my, I think it was my son's uh, varsity basketball. Uh, the sports where my son went, both my sons went to high school are, are huge. In fact, Rancho Bernardo High School is, uh, in, in baseball is considered, was actually like considered the minor leagues for baseball. They produce so many professional baseball players. So I take their sports very seriously. So they had a whole sports edition of the yearbook. And his quote, or the thing he got to write about himself is the person uh, he admires most. And he put, was his dad because I do whatever it takes to make sure our family's happy and that to me was like you know, as a parent you don't always know if you're doing a good job or not and the fact that my, my two boys chose a military career right now in COVID it seems genius because both of them work in, in, in areas of their life where they would have lost their jobs with COVID that their, their industries were shut down but in the military they were they were just fine and it's it's a little stressful to have them in the military but um, both of them tested high and they're they've built themselves in an area where they're going to get great careers after the military and they're getting great experience and meeting great people so i'm super proud of what they did um, i think i'm more proud that it was their choice i didn't serve in the military i was a little shocked when they chose to do it but it was their choice you opened that and, door for them alex and you made it possible believe it or not we got just under two minutes left I know you watched, uh, you know how I feel about gap moments, and I know you watched that segment, and you've done some incredible things. I think you've got your own take on gap moments, uh, which is really, you know, me asking you, what do you do to ground yourself and find joy in your life? And, and are there any big plans for some big gap moments for you in a minute and a half to tell us? Yeah, going back to what you say no to allows you to say yes to the right things. I find so many people we're using words like I have to do this, I have to do this. They don't set boundaries in their life. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being a great employee, a great executive, great entrepreneur, a great person, serving the people that you work with. That's absolutely important. But it's just as important to recharge your batteries. You can't be 100% all the time. It's physically impossible. You need rest, you need respite, you need to enjoy yourself. And so I, I just encourage people to say no to something. Once you say no to, there's, there's too many people saying yes to everything and end up with no time left. And they don't have that moment when they're able to sit on the beach or whatever that is for you. For me, most time it's a hiking trail in my backyard. And, and take the opportunity to do some things while you can. And I'm going to go do some crazy hikes this summer, some things I've never done before. I might fail, but uh, tomorrow isn't promised. So make sure that you say no to some things and set some boundaries so that you can have those gap moments like Dave says. Well, you know what? We're going to wrap it up right here. Alex, thank you so much for your time being on Brisky Business. It was probably one of the best shows in terms of my own personal joy that I've had. It's been great spending time with you, my friend. And uh, thank you for being on Brisky Business uh, in this great show today.